What's going on, everybody? This is Captain Obvious, and welcome back to the podcast. Now, I had something entirely different planned, but I just listened to the King Crooked interview with Eminem three times. Not even sorry about it. It's amazing. So if even if you don't like Eminem, even if you don't like rap in general, listen to the podcast. I'll leave a link in the in the description of this podcast, but it's amazing. The creative juices started flowing, the, the energy that I got from it, it was just incredible. Now, I'm a huge Eminem fan, like absolutely huge. And one of the things I hate is when people bring like uh, like race into it. Like, oh, you like him because you're white. No, because after listening to this interview, I realized why I've always liked him because I'm the same way. When I listen to music, I listen to the words. The words are very important to me. And the way the words are set up, yeah, the beat is great. The song has to have a nice beat and a nice flow to it. But the words are very important. And he's always been about telling stories, even if they're gruesome, even if they're, you know, about killing his mom and and whatever it is. And he's always been amazing at telling stories. And then even in the songs where he's not actually telling stories, where he's just rhyming, just listening to the way he flows and the way he's able to put sentences and things together from the words that he uses and have it make sense and just destroy and how fast he is it's it's a thing of beauty to watch you know and i always talk about like never having idols and and or at least making sure that the people you have in those positions such as an idol is somebody who one deserves it you know and you're not just you know it's not about jealousy like i'm never going to be a musician right it's something i've always wished i could do and i have a lot of respect for the people that can do it and do it well and do it consistently. And he, in my opinion, okay, you may have a different one and that's fine. But in my opinion, he is the greatest artist of all time. Now, I'm not even just going to say rapper. No, he doesn't dance. It's, you know, some people incorporate dance routines into it. But a lot of, you know, they're, they're choreographed by other people. So it's not like they're just using other people's moves. The one thing I respected and always respect, or respect and always respected about Eminem was the fact that he always did his own stuff always it's not something that's borrowed it's not something that's written and by anybody else he does his own stuff but the takeaway from that whole interview was about success and about passion for me and i think you can apply it to pretty much any area of life you can tell that when king crooked was was talking about him being the goat or him being the greatest like he doesn't want to answer that because in his opinion He's the harshest critic of himself, and he doesn't think he's, you know, perfect. Not that he doesn't think he belongs on the list, but, like, to him, it's not about the awards he receives. To him, it's about every time he put that pen to paper, every time the words came out of his mouth, did he accomplish what he set out to do? You know, his rhyme schemes, he's, you know, just little simple things, little nuances that he took the time to think about and put into his words. Did they come out right? And that's all it is about with him. You know, it's not about lists. He even says somewhere in there, like, it's, it's, lists don't make a difference. Like, it's not about lists. You know, it's just listening to good music. And, 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 and that's, that's, what, that's what I love. I love that message. I always tell you guys, you know, don't sit there. Even in the last, the last podcast, like, don't sit there and watch other people and want to be like them and, and get jealous of what they have versus what you have. You go out there. Every single time you do anything, it doesn't matter what it is. 
and you just you just kill it. Like for me, one of my biggest worries in life is am I am I being a good dad? You know, am I am I up there? And I then I start laughing at myself. It's like where's this imaginary award show? You know, the greatest dads. We're like where where is this? Because if it's really happening, I'm not getting an invite, so I'm way behind. You know, and it's it's like it's a funny thing. It's like as long as I go out there, as long as I know that I have my son's best interest in mind, my family in general's best interest in mind, I'm okay with that. Because at the end of the day, there's no rule book on how to do it. You just go out there and you gotta and you just gotta do it. And that's the same thing when in any area of your life. With passing of Kobe Bryant recently, I heard a lot of talk about how when he first came out of high school, he said he wanted to be the next Jordan. Now, I think as that as his career went on, I think it was always about just Kobe being the best Kobe. But to say something like that out loud is just it bothers me because you should never try to be the the next so-and-so. Always try to be the first you. And what I mean is just do everything that makes you happy in your style, in your way, and bring it. If you're doing something, and I'm not talking about like, you know, you're taking your kid, you don't have any desire to go to Legoland and you're taking your kid there. Obviously, it's do stuff for, you know, for your family and stuff like that. The feed, feed the soul of the family, right? I always talk about like feeding your soul and that's different. What I mean is like, if you're doing something specifically for you, like when I make videos, like it's, it's my passion and my career. But if I were to every time sit down and record a video and it's just to hit a metric or just put it out because I know this video is going to blow up, it would get old to me real quick and I'd lose track of what I wanted to do. I'd lose my authenticity. So whenever I do anything, I'm doing it because one, I enjoy it first and foremost. Okay. Now I'm talking again, I'm talking about activities that I do for me. So like if if I'm taking my son or my wife, someone I know they enjoy it. Yeah. I might fake, you know, enjoy being happy at that moment because they're enjoying it. And that's important to me, but I'm talking about activities that you do specifically for yourself. Like if you, for example, we're going to go on a golf outing. And you really had no desire to play golf, but you're just, whatever. You're just going out because people are doing it. To me, I, that's a waste of your time. Like, I was never one of those people growing up that if my friends were doing something and I had no desire to do it, I'm not going to do it. You know, because they're still doing it. They're still going to do it and they're going to enjoy it. Your presence there isn't going to really make, they might, it might enhance them. You might be funny. They might enjoy hanging out with you. So it might be like, oh, we're going to be sad that you're gone. But at the end of the day, they're still going to have a good time. You know, your friends are going skiing and you don't want to go skiing. They might be they might be like, oh really, you know, please, we're gonna miss you. But I guarantee you, when they come back from that trip, they're gonna be like, oh my god, it was so awesome. Because in that moment, they're not thinking about you not being there. They're thinking about having fun, which is what they should be thinking about. And you should be worrying about, do I really want to do something? Do I really want to go down that path? And I and I got that from Eminem, where he was just talking about how he's his harshest critic, and when he sits down to do it, he tries to perfect it. And he even says, like, I'm, I'm always learning, I'm always trying to be better than the previous time. And that's, that's the growth of, of the greats. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the growth of, of the people who do it consistently because they're always trying to outdo it. They're never just sitting there resting on what they've accomplished. They're trying to next time go out and kill it even more. And, and I, I just respect those qualities. I just, to me, those are, those are very important qualities in life because you should never settle. You should always be worrying about growing. I sit here and I put out these podcasts, hopefully just to inspire people. I have never, and I will never, ever, ever 
say I'm the best at anything. There's a lot of people out there that are like, oh, you know, he's cocky. And, and no, there's a difference between being cocky and being arrogant. I speak the way I feel like I have to speak to reach people. That's it. Bottom line. I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke up your butt because there's 150 people doing that already. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to try and say, okay, well, this is great, but what could you have done better? And it comes off as arrogant and it comes off as somebody being a dick. And I'm okay with that because I know the goal. I know my end game. And I know that whenever I sit there and I offer advice, even if it's unsolicited, even if nobody asked, right? Even if I do it and they're, and they're like, oh, here we go. Capture's running his mouth again. I at least know that my intentions were good. I never called anybody out specifically in terms of, of putting them down. You know, I'm always just about, well, never stop settling. Be a better version of yourself because I'm not perfect. I'm sitting there. I come up with new SEO strategies all the time for my videos. You know, I come up with new things like, like for example, you know, my son has, um, he's on the scale, like the autism scale, and he's got like ADHD. He's got a bunch of things. He's got like ADHD, dyscalculia, and there's a lot of things. Now, you would never really know it. You know, more it's more of an emotional thing in, in a lot of ways. Like he's emotionally set back in, in some ways. But if you're sitting there talking with him, joking with him, like, you know, my mom says it all the time. She's like, oh, you know, he would never know. And it bothers me. It's like, well, I mean, he's a normal child, quote unquote. I also hate that word, too. But like, he's just like, you know, regular child. Like, he's not sitting there, like, not able to handle day to day stuff. He is. It's just, you know, in certain ways, he's got, you know, he's got like a whatever. There's, there's just I'm not going to go into that, but there's like a lot of stuff. So I'm always coming up with new ways to like. To, to deal with it for him, like, and help him out and try and get him to learn because he has a hard time with math. And I'm always like, I never settle. Like, I'm okay, this worked, this, this worked today. I'm gonna try this tomorrow. Maybe it'll fail, maybe he won't get it, but I'm gonna try it. And I'm always trying to, and that's what I do in every aspect of my life. No matter what it is that I do, I'm trying to be a student of everything around me, right? I'm trying to soak it all in and then adjust it in a way that I can put forth uh, a new, whatever, new path for myself, a new method of doing something. And I'm a student of YouTube, right? I love the whole creative aspect of it. And that's that's one of the, the big takeaways also from the Eminem thing is that he's a student of rap. He's a student of lyricism. He's a whole, he's a student of this entire culture and he loves it. He said he takes every, well not every Saturday, but he said most Saturdays, like when he has nothing to do, if he's not in the studio, he'll just sit there and he'll just start listening to other rappers. And he'll just start breaking down their lyrics, going through it, figuring out what they did, the schemes. And that's somebody who wants to perfect their craft. That's somebody who really wants to get better. To Again, that, that man is the goat to me. right? He's the greatest of all time just because of, of how consistent he is. That's a huge thing about success. You know, there are so, again, I, and I touched on it last time, and I think people got offended, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reiterate it. Anybody can have a one-hit wonder on YouTube. There are people right now who have way less subs than me whose videos are like four or five, six times, sometimes ten times my biggest video ever, but then they can't do it consistently, and that to me is like why I think Eminem's the best, right? Because his he's been consistent. He didn't just drop one amazing album and then, you know, like nine bad albums or decent albums. To me, they're all good. I can pull a lot of stuff away from all of it. You may knock it. Some of them he does voices or whatever, but I took something away from every one of it. Plus, you can kind of see the journey in his life. 
and it's like a trail that it leads for you. It's like breadcrumbs. Like, this is my journey. I was on drugs, and boom, boom, boom. And you know what I mean? Like, it's it's like a whole story that he's telling you through words. So I don't think any of them are bad. And and consistently with with sales and stuff, he's just amazing. You know, and that's that's what I do. That's what I try to do on YouTube, where it's like I I believe my time will come eventually. You know, that's I have to believe that. Otherwise, why? You know, if I if I think that my channel is stalled or falling, I wouldn't continue doing it. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of heartache and pain to go through if I didn't think that I was going to finally get where I want to be. You know, forget what other people want you to be, just what I want it to be. But I've done it consistently. Like if you look at my if you look at my channel, it's consistent. You know, I have a consistent amount of views around my sub base. So I have like 6,500 subs. I have like 130 something videos now, over a thousand. I have like five or six over 10,000, a few over 20,000. You know, and it's getting one over 40,000. It's like, it's consistent. I'm not hitting like, you know, 100,000 view video and then I can't break 50. That's embarrassing to me. You know, one hit wonders and, and, and things like that. And YouTube has algorithms and stuff. And it's, and that's great. But a lot of times, take out, for example, take out your 10 best videos. And average the rest of those videos together. What is your average views? Then add in those 10 and, and, and average it out. See how much you have one or two or 10 things carrying you. But if you have, you know, like me, 600 and something videos. And I have 10 videos that are great. And the other, that's that's bad. That's a horrible average. You know, anybody can take off. It's about being consistent. You'll get subs because of it. But like, do you want growth or do you just want this something that's not going to do anything for you because you know if you want to make it a job you need to be consistent you're not going to be able to you know live off of one video see i want youtube to be my career because i'm passionate about it i want it to be sustainable and i don't think that's a bad goal to have i know a lot of people i don't do it for money well i do you're okay with it's okay that you that you don't that's fine but that's what i want to do is my job i mean we all got to work in this world unfortunately money money rules everything around us you know, I wish it wasn't so, but it is. And I want to be able to take care of my family doing my passion. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If you open up a company because you're passionate about it, you're not going to be like, well, I don't care if I make money. I just love making clothes. Well, I mean, that's, it's great and all, but it's, it's kind of a stupid way to look at life because you need money. You need money to feed your family, to feed yourself, to get, to, to grow your big business even more, to promote yourself so other people, you know, can get influenced by what you do and, and see what you put out and there's nothing wrong with with that kind of way but you're only going to do that if you're consistent and again i think a lot of times if i look at the videos that have popped on certain people's channels they're things that people probably went into it knowing that it was going to be a video that they could get a lot of views on you know i've had a lot of people say to me oh i know if i do tutorials i could blow i've mentioned that before and it to me it just it boggles my mind if you're not in the craft, if you don't really know the ins and outs of certain things, then you're basically just going to be copying other people's builds. That's all you're doing. You're just putting a video to put a video. If you do that in any aspect of your life, any aspect of your life, you're a failure. If you just do something just to do it, just to be like, hey, I did it, to check a box, that to me is not being successful. That's not failing. To be successful, you got to, and, and again, everybody has different levels of success. You know, to some people, you want to be out there, you want to get a house, a, ma a mansion that's successful to you, and anybody who doesn't have that is not successful, fine. I personally think that that's a closed-minded way of looking at it. 
but I'm not knocking your opinion. My opinion is different from yours. You're allowed to have it. As strong as I think it is, you're still allowed to have it. It doesn't make me any any more right than you, but in my in my world, from my view, you know that's that's not the right way to do it. To me, being successful is being able to go out there, do what you're passionate about doing it, doing it your way, and putting it in putting in a hundred percent effort. If you give it less than a hundred percent, you're not successful to me because you're not doing everything you can do. If at the end of the day, when you go to bed, you can sit back and say, you know what? I did everything I could for today. The cards and pieces fell where they fell, but I did everything within my power. That was a successful day, in my opinion. And I, and I think it's important to really gauge what success is before you begin anything. And gauge where you want to go before you begin anything. Because after listening to the GOAT and realizing that after all this time, he is still studying. He's still trying to perfect it. He doesn't want to be you know, labeled as the greatest ever. He just wants to put forth the best product that he can possibly put forth. It's just so motivational to me because I get that. Again, I hate everything that I put out usually a few weeks after I, after it drops. Not because I didn't, I didn't put everything into it because at the time I did, but I'm such a harsh critic that I recognize where I went wrong, something I said wrong, something I did wrong in the video or something I said in a podcast that I was like, ah, I rambled on too much about that. I've probably already done it several times here, but like I'm such a perfectionist. And then I'm lucky enough or maybe unlucky depending on how you look at it where my wife is my second harshest critic. She's truthful and she's honest with me. She doesn't hold punches. She doesn't sugarcoat shit, which I love. You guys know that I love that. I wouldn't just say it and then not marry somebody who, who exudes that because I need that. She's harsh but helpful. She'll sit there and she'll play devil's advocate for everything. No matter how good I'm feeling, she I mean, she'll give me the kudos and the props, but then immediately switches gears right into playing devil devil's advocate. And I'm like, damn, I should have. You're right. You know, when I I like that I like that second guessing because that, that keeps me hungry. That keeps me humble. Again, I may come off arrogant, but I'm also the first person to be there and tell you my shortcomings. You know, I'm tell I'll tell you when, damn, you know what? I fucked that up. Because again, at the end of the day, if you're on social media, who wants to who wants to listen to the person who's whining all the time and talking about how sad they are? No, I'm not going to give you every flaw that I have. I'm trying to build a you know a brand, a Captain Obvious brand. It's trying to. I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh man, I feel like I feel like such shit today. I don't want to do anything. No, I'm going to come out and be and say the opposite. I'm going to be like, yo, keep going. Keep going. Don't settle. Don't be one of those people. Don't be like a loser who's in a loser mindset. Yeah, it's going to come off harsh, but at the end of the day, I don't care. I don't care how it comes off. Cuz everybody needs a kick in the ass. I, I don't want to hear that, you know, I don't I don't like that. Well, you need it. Cuz you're not getting it from everybody else. Everybody else is is telling you it's okay. You know what? Take the day off for your mental health. I'm going to say no, don't take the day off. Cuz it really is it really something important or could you fight through it? Are you just making a big deal of it? Maybe it's not. Maybe you really do need the day, but I'm not going to say that. If you go to the, if you get a personal trainer at the gym, do you want somebody who's going to just allow you to give up, or do you want somebody that's just going to keep being like one more? And you're like, I can't do it. He's like, one more. You think if you put that bar down, if you're lifting and you put that bar down, that personal trainer is going to be like, you're a failure. No, they're going to be, you know what? Good job. They, they, before you do it, they're telling you, yes, one more, go, go, go. But when you really can't and you reach your own personal breaking point and put it down. Any good personal trainer is going to still clap for you. 
And that's how it is with me. I'm not going to sit there and tell you to quit. I'm not going to sit there and tell you not to do it. But if you do it, I'll be right there picking you up when you fall. You know, or throwing a blanket over you when you're laying down because you need it. And success is determined by how hard you're willing to work and by who you surround yourself with. I feel like I'm in a good place. You know, again, I never sit there and look at anybody else and and, and worry about where they're at because it doesn't affect me. And I'm genuinely happy when people find success. I like that. I like to be surrounded by that. You know, if somebody right now who has 100 subscribers passes me, that's fantastic for them. It, it's not going to affect me in any way. I'm not going to sit there and get down about it. I'm not going to get out about it. I'm not going to stop doing what I do. Everybody's journey is different. I'm going to be happy for them. They found that love like success. They're obviously very passionate about it. And keeping that passion going is what I'm all about every day. Because it's very easy to allow the noises to affect you. You can't allow it. You, you should want to surround your people, uh, surround yourself with people who are better than you or people who are just as passionate as you. Because that's going to make you better. That's going to keep you hungry. That whole interview, Eminem was talking to King Crooked about how he thinks she should be up there as one of the goats. Not himself, but King Crooked. He started like breaking down. Like King Crooked said something about him, like something to the effect of like, you know, when people put you on their list, you may not be as high as you should be. And he flipped it, and he was like, "Well, it's the same I feel about you. Like people either don't put you on, or they should put you up there because they don't understand what you're trying to do." Like, and even uses the the, the phrase, "Game recognizes game." And that brings me to another point where people who don't really understand certain aspects of anything talk about it. They were talking about like social media where it's like everybody's an expert. And they use this uh, really good analogy about mechanics. And, you know, if a mechanic comes to you and says like, yo, this mechanic right here, like he's good. Like he's, he's like the best I've ever seen. But you knowing nothing about cars, like, no, nah, I go to my mechanic. You know, he's the best. And it's like, well... What gives you the right to say that? And I think that's I think that's a really good point. There are people online who you know who who assume that they know a lot about certain things and they'll voice their opinion on it. Like if you notice, if you ever follow me online, I don't really talk about stuff that I, I am not personally familiar with, or I don't like to use the word expert, but that I don't have a lot of knowledge about. Like politics, I know nothing about. I'm not going to sit there. I don't even know left and right. I have no idea what that even means. I know my personal feelings on certain topics. I can give you my opinion on it, right? Which I think is really all politics is. It's just people's feelings on it, right? But I don't feel confident enough in in talking about that because I just don't, I just don't it's not something I follow. But if I'm going to sit there and give you advice on YouTube, I, you know, I've been doing it for a long time, and not only do I do it, I study it. You know, a lot of people out there just are just trying to figure out their next video. I'm sitting out there studying analytics it's what i did i've told you guys many times i graduate i i was done with math with college level math before i hit the eighth grade numbers come easy to me analytics are what i do i recognize patterns there's a lot of people out there i talk you know they're i, I don't want to say certain sites that they use because i just had a conversation today so i that person will internalize it and that's not even what i'm talking about but there are sites that you can use right to track stuff and a lot of people will look at those and they think that they understand the analytics side of it. And, and it's cute. I listen to it and, and it's adorable. And then I'll hear them make comments to people and they're just not right. They're not right. And it's factual and it's not an opinion. It's proven. 
which to me, that's all numbers are, right? One plus one is going to equal two. You can sit there and try and tell me one plus one equals three, and you can come up with all the different ways to answer that. It's cute. It's adorable. It's not correct. Numbers are factual. Patterns are recognizable, and I study that. So whenever people say something to the effect that's opposite, it pisses me off because I don't like false information being spread. So those are the kinds of things that I get really passionate about and I argue with. And again, it's that whole, you know, me, Cap's a dick thing. It's like, you know, he, he's, he's cocky. No, I'm just confident in my knowledge. And it comes off. Cockiness and confidence are two different things. Like cockiness to me is when you're, you have this confidence that is unwarranted. You know, like it's, it's something that like you're the only person that feels that way or that sees that way. When I'm talking about numbers, there's no, it's not about a feeling. It's about factual information. Or when I talk about certain things that I've been through, certain trends that I that, that I hit, that I follow, those are factual to me. So if I'm sitting there telling you X, Y, and Z worked, X, Y, and Z worked. It doesn't matter what your opinion is because I'm telling you from my experience and that was a factual thing. So there's a lot of times where opinions get really convoluted with, with facts and, and I'm, I'm a big proponent of making sure you know what the fuck you're talking about before you do it. You know, I got over eight or almost eight years. It'll actually be eight years next month on YouTube. But during those eight years, because I don't well, the first first three I worked, but the last five, you know, I've been on disability. Everybody else is either in school and and or at work. And I study this shit all day long. I study this shit. I study patterns. I study trends. I've come up with formulas. It's crazy the shit that I have written down that it's my own personal stuff that I would never show anybody. Because it's my own shit that I figured out. And you might be sitting there like, well, why haven't you had 100,000 subs or more? Because again, I can't make people click the subscribe button. I know that I can stay consistent. I can keep growing. And I have yet to really put out a viral video. Maybe it'll happen one day. Again, I'm, I'm not, I, I would never go for the viral video. But if it happened, you know, cool. Uh, you know, I'll take the perks that come along with it. But I'm not going to sit there and, and brag to you and tell you how fucking amazing I am. When at the end of the day, it's it's a handful of videos. What I can sit there and tell you at the end of the day is that I'm not amazing, but I'm consistent as fuck. And I consistently put out videos that X amount of people at least would want to watch and then more. And that to me is, is a success. That's what I consider a success. Not having one or two things that are just going to blow up and then living off that and then bragging to everybody, showing everybody. Because you look foolish, in my opinion. You got to really be about taking your passion, taking your craft to the next level every single time you go out there. I don't care if it's the stupidest video idea in the world or the stupidest thing in the world that you're doing. Do it 100%. And try and do it in a different way. Try and do it in a fun way, an informative way, whatever you're going for, but, but do it. And then live it. Get into the world itself, whatever you're doing. If you're going into finance and you're not like reading the Wall Street Journal and, 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 and you're in your spare time and free time looking at things related to that, you're doing yourself a disservice. You know, when I was in retail, right, and I was first coming up, I worked in the sports authority and I wanted to get promoted. That's all I wanted to do. I, I just started. I was a regular associate. Right, I worked in the team sports section, like basketball, football, things like that, hockey, you know, all the equipment and stuff. And my assistant manager was leaving like two weeks after I got hired. And I was like, I want that job. I don't care. I just started. I'm a 17-year-old kid. I want that job. 
So what I did was I went to the website and I printed out shit that I could find on like what the assistant manager role was, right? I, whenever I would call other stores and I would look for a product for, you know, a customer or whatever, and I happened to get an assistant manager from that position on there, I always asked them, what do you think I should do to get this job? What do you think is important in the role? And I got a bunch of different answers. And then after reading and then after talking to my store manager, I was like, you know, one day I want to do this. And he's like, okay, this is what you need to do. And I was just trying really hard to figure out the qualifications, figure out how I could transform myself into an assistant manager. Because I didn't want to just sit there and be a sales associate. So you get one is you got to show leadership. You got to not act as the role that you're in, but you know, act more towards the role that you want without stepping on toes, obviously. I couldn't tell people what to do. I wasn't their manager. But you can do managerial things and make managerial decisions and, and just think like that. And there's four of us going out for the team leader role because they were just brought this position in, right? Team lead, which helps the assistant manager make the schedule. So you were responsible for schedule. You were basically like an assistant assistant manager. And there was five of us going for it, right? Four or five? Yeah, five of us going for it. And I got it. Got it after two weeks. Why? Some of the other people, they, you know, they called out or they asked to go home early. I would pick up extra shifts. I would never call out. I would always be willing to, you know, make schedule changes if, if people needed it. But on top of that, that's just the that's just one aspect. On top of that, we used to have these things called planograms, which is most, you know, pretty much everywhere I went. They're called various things, but let's just stick with planogram for now. And it's basically just what the corporate office wants you to uh, make the aisles look like, you know, so you get like a guide, like aisle guides, basically. And, you know, I noticed certain things like tags were missing. So whenever I had a free chance, whenever I wasn't with the customers, late, maybe late at night when I'm cleaning up the store, I took a sign gun and I'd go around and I'd make missing signs and I'd, I'd double check them with the, with the planogram. And I remember my store manager, because at this time the assistant was already gone, he walked it one day I wasn't there. When I came in the next shift, he was like, did you print out? all the labels to the planogram and I hadn't learned it. There was a little planogram team in the store and I hadn't learned planograms and most sales associates, you know, you're just trying to get the hell out of the store. You know, it's your shift. You're just like, I'm going to make it look clean and get out. Or a lot of times what I used to say, you know, now after this, I ended up being in retail for 20 years. So I, I know all the things people do. What they would do is if I said, Hey, make sure there's no missing signs. A lot of the times, you know, these part-time workers, they would just, whatever's on the shelf, they'll make a tag. But it might go in another place. It might not be there. So I took the time to actually, uh, we used to call it zoning. I used to time to actually zone to the planogram and then print out labels for the missing items so we can reorder them. And it was such a simple thing that you think everybody should do, but they don't. And that that pushed me into the, to the role. And the guy was like, you know, that's, that's thinking like a manager. You're not just thinking like, an employee who's just trying to do the task. Okay, print all the missing labels. Boom, boom, boom. You're taking it one step further. And it was just retail. It was just a retail job. You know, I wasn't curing cancer. I wasn't sitting there, you know, but I, I was trying to do it right. If there's a way to do it, if it's if corporate wants it this way, boom, let's do it that way. You know, and then we had things like uh, end caps, which are like when you're, just in case you don't know the lingo, when you're walking down the aisles at stores and you see like, the fixtures on the ends of the aisles, like the shelves that are not actually in the aisles, but they're like on the outside. A lot of times you can, in some stores, they're actually planogrammed. You know, like companies will buy space. For example, we used to have like Adidas would buy 
um, space in the front of the store. So they pay premium money for it because it's closer to the, you know, when people first walk in. But other times we had free end caps. So what I would do is I would usually look at sales or upcoming sales and see, you know, what's going to sell. Or we had the ability in the store to look up the best selling items by, you know, by um, department. I would take some of the hottest items and I'd make a theme out of it, right? I Whatever it is. Let's say it's a basketball that's for some reason is selling really well. I'd take like some shoe boxes from the shoe department, variety of sizes, put them on the bottom. Might do some of the basketballs, do some ha- uh, uh, some headbands on top and make a whole theme out of it. It's, again, it's simple. It's stupid. But that's just that's just going above and beyond. It's about... You know, being passionate about whatever you're doing, even if it's stupid, even if you hate the place. I actually happen to really like the sports authority, but even if you hate the place, do your best at it. Leave nothing behind because it doesn't matter if you hate it. It matters how you're perceived. If you're perceived as somebody who hates their job, you're probably going to be treated poorly. You know, you can't sit there and complain like, oh, my boss, such a fucking asshole. Well, I mean, what are you, what's the vibe you're giving off? Are you giving off this vibe like you hate going there every day? Are you walking around looking like, you know, you just want to punch everybody? What's the vibe you're giving off? If you if you look like you want to kill yourself, you're probably not going to be liked. I know for a fact that, like, when I worked in retail, there was people, I was like, oh, my God, I'm closing with this person tonight. This kid, I can't stand this kid because you just, no matter what you did, you couldn't break through to them. You know, to them, it was just like, all right, this is it. This is my job. And they're usually the same people who complain about wanting a raise. Why are, why aren't I getting a raise or why am I not getting hours? Think about that. You sit back and and, and, and dwell on that a bit because I, I can't really give you the answer. I can, but you're not going to like it and you're going to whine and complain. And, you know, you're a young kid, so your mommy and daddy are going to get involved even though you're, you're 18 years old and you really have nothing to do with your job. They do. I've gotten in many arguments not even arguments. It's just discussions. Cause I don't argue with parents because they're not my employees. You know, I'd sit there and be like, "Well, this person uh, has never called out of work. They're always going above and beyond. They'll stay. Your son or daughter, she asked for more shifts. We gave her. She called out three of the four times. She doesn't come in any extra. When she's here, she basically just does the bare minimum. And you don't know how many times parents are like, "Oh, I didn't know that they called out. Yeah, they called out." Can't really give people more hours if you can't depend on them because then everybody else has to do extra work, you know? So be passionate about what you're doing, even if you got to fake the passion, although you really shouldn't because when you go out for that job, you should generally want to work there unless it's you're struggling and you're literally just getting the first job that, that you can. But the way I always did it was, even though I was never really out of work, I always had a job. But even when I was switching jobs, I never applied to somewhere I didn't see myself working you know and I know and and maybe that's a good position to be in because not everybody has that position whereas a lot of people I know will just apply there's a job boom I'm applying for it and I just I think that's a a way to live a very unfulfilling life because you shouldn't hate every day you know and and again I I get it sometimes you have to you got a family to feed it's the only job available I get it but in that situation make the best of it just be passionate about it you're out there flipping patties, be the best patty flipper. You have the drive through shit, make some friends, interact with them. People are going to be snotty to you, and that's okay. You can't change how people are to you. You can only change how you are to people. Try to inspire somebody else. 
Do you know what succession planning is? Succession planning is when you're not just training somebody at their job. You're training somebody for the next level to, to replace you. You're basically training your replacement. So that way when you move up, there's already a plan in place. You didn't leave that spot vacant, right? You trained somebody. And uh, when I worked at Staples, there was a, uh, oh my God, I forgot what it's called now. Let's just say operations assistant. I forgot what the actual term was. But I trained somebody. And not only did I train one person, I trained the other person. So that way if my operations assistant called out, had a death, sickness, whatever, vacation, I had somebody to fill the role. And you might be sitting there going, well, you know, the one person's getting paid as the assistant and the other person's not. When you're at work, it's not how it works sometimes. You got to be willing to show that everybody that you can do the work before they give you the money for it. I did shit way out of my pay grade before I actually got the pay. And then by the time I got it, I was good at it. I was proficient at it. And I, I think too many people are trying to emulate others on how they do it. When really what you should be doing is perfecting the way you do things. And I always bring it back to YouTube and videos and people like Mumbo Jumbo. Again, not taking anything away from him. He's fantastic. But too many people want to be the next Mumbo Jumbo. Too many people do things so he, he sees them or he gives them a shout out or whatever. I have no issue with anybody idolizing anyone. But again, make sure they're worth it. Is he the greatest in his field? Arguably, you could say that. He's fantastic at what he does. So I have no issue with somebody doing that. But don't idolize him to the point where you want to be him and everything he does, that's what you want. What are you bringing to the table? Because that's already been done. He did it. What are you bringing to the table? Is your whole existence just to get mumbo jumbo to, to give you a shout out? Don't you think that's a pretty lame existence? And there's a lot of people out there like that. What do you do? What are you passionate about? He likes to do redstone and, and these really cool creations. What are you passionate about? What keeps you going? You know, there's a, there's makeup to, uh, channels out there and vlog channels out there. And are you going to just mimic their style? Or are you going to try and bring your personality into it? Are you going to try and bring a fl- new flair, a new taste of, of something? Are you going to take such a generic and ordinary thing and flip it and make it your own? Because I feel like that's what a lot of the big shots do. PewDiePie has this style and this way of speaking and this way of commanding the microphone that even if you hate him, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, he's a racist, whatever. I don't pay any mind to any of that stuff. But if you just look at the way he commands that microphone and the way his mannerisms are and the way he takes things that are said about him and turns them into jokes and and he has this very like, I don't give a fuck attitude when at the end of the day, he truly does because this is his career. This is his passion. But it just comes off in such a, a very... What's the best way to put it? It just flows. It's very natural. He's not trying. And there are too many people that I that I watch who you could tell that they are trying so hard to be somebody else. And it's frustrating. Because I feel like even if those people blow up, even if they somehow catch fire in the algorithm, they're they're just doomed to fail because you can only put up a facade for so long. You know, you think about people who have blown up and then just gone away, seemingly. They're still there, but they're not what they were. They're still the same person, but they never evolved. It was just the same kind of thing, you know? And and you can only get away with that for so long. You gotta be willing to put yourself out there, you know, put out shit. It does, you know, grow and learn. 
do something that you want to try. I try stuff all the time. Sometimes it's corny and I'm like, oh, that was bad. But I tried it. I had fun doing it. And I put it out there and it failed. And then you try something else. But don't ever try to be anybody else but yourself. It doesn't matter what it is. Again, this I, I talk a lot about YouTube because I'm trying to, you know, trying to help creators, but you can apply that to any area of life. You can take inspiration from a, a ton of different people. You know, you're playing ball. I like the way that guy dribbles. I like his footwork. I'm gonna try to do that. I like the way this guy shoots. You can piece things together. But don't ever try to emulate just just the person and, and turn yourself into the next them. Take all take all of that stuff and use it for yourself. And if you listen to that Eminem interview, dude is humble as fuck, humble as fuck. You would think that he is just a fan. You wouldn't even think that he is the greatest of all time. The way he speaks, he sounds just like somebody who is like an up and coming artist and and a fan of the craft. And that's what's so amazing to me. And that's like when I watch YouTube videos. I watch for certain things that other people don't. You know, Minecraft is, you know, that's the community I'm really a part of. Like, Minecraft is Minecraft. Like, it's not going anywhere. It's not changing. I mean, you get new things added to it, but like, a let's play video is a let's play video. You know what I mean? Like, you can add all the little camera angles and shit that you want to it and music and all that stuff. But what do you personally bring to it? I'm not talking about tricks, I'm not talking about, you know, your editing skills. What do you bring to it? What's your flair? What's your style? What do you bring? That's what we got to worry about. And, and that's what Eminem was talking about where, you know, he talks about the flow and the different schemes that he uses. He's trying to just perfect it. And he's trying to be better than the previous time. That should be your only goal. It's to just be better than the last time. Take everything that you learn and flip it. And you're not going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. Sometimes I make editing mistakes. You know, like I always tell you guys, I'm not the greatest at anything. Sometimes I sit back and wonder how the hell I got there. And then I look at my bot. Then I look at my overall body of work. I'll flip through stuff and I'm like, damn, that was a good video. Like, yeah, you know what? I do belong here. I do. I have my own style. It's weird and it's like quirky and it's like cartoonish and it's, but that's me. I'm not sitting there trying to be the, the, the another medieval person. Oh, look, another medieval barn. Yawn. You know, and those channels blow up, and that's fantastic. But at the end of the day, they're a dime a dozen in my in my mind. You know, bring your flair to it. Have some comedy in there. And again, they're successful. They're, they're absolutely successful in what they do. And if you're talking about in terms of success, yes, those are success. But those are not the things I like. And I'm not sitting here saying that it's not right. Because you may like that. And you may be into that. And you may hate the things that I do. But it's it's such a subjective, you know, field. That's what I love about it. You got to find your niche. And, I, and for me, what I do, I'm very happy with it. Like, I don't have any animosity. And that's something that, that I got with through time, being on YouTube. I used to sit there and look at other people. And used to be like, yo, why are they doing it and I'm not? And, and why did this video blow and mine didn't? It's the same thing and mine's actually better. I just don't do any of that stuff anymore. You know, somebody somebody below me blows past me. It's, it's fantastic. Good for them. That means they did. They found what works for them, and they ran with it. And that's really all it is. But there's no, there's no animosity. There's no jealousy. I'm very passionate about what I do, and I take that passion and I try to perfect it every single day.
and I try and hit a level of success for myself that I'm that I'm I'm okay with. Because I don't want to get success too quickly. I think a lot of times, you know, sometimes people blow up and they can't handle it or they turn into a different person and they think that they are, you know, absolutely amazing. And again, when I talk about stuff, even if you think it's coming off as cocky, I have eight years experience. I have put out almost 2,000 videos between five channels, four, well, five channels, one that nobody knew about in the beginning. That's horrible. It's taken down now. But almost 2,000 videos over eight years. I know what I'm talking about. I promise you. And I don't want people to make the same mistakes. I'm trying to fast track shit for other people. So I'm not coming off cocky. I'm coming off confident and I'm coming off of straight experience. I'm not a year into this game and put out 40 videos and I'm like, yeah, I have all the answers. Man, sit down. Sit down with that shit. No, you don't. No, you don't. It goes back to that whole, the whole thing with the mechanic. You don't even know what you're talking about. Would I consider myself an expert in YouTube? I would. Actually, I would. I'm not sitting here saying I'm better than anybody. I mean, if you're just going by numbers alone, that's not true. But I think in terms of understanding it and understanding the whole field, yeah, I think I got it at this point. I've been friends with several people who now have three, four, five million subscribers, and I knew them when they started. I'm not name dropping, it don't matter. Or I should say I'm friendly at this point because a lot of them have moved on because, you know, unfortunately that's that seems to happen. And I think if you ever look at my history in terms of talking with people, you'll never see that. I don't turn people away. If you have one subscriber, 50, I'm almost, I'm close to 10,000. I should be hanging out with 10,000 subscriber friends, right? No. So whoever's cool, man. Whoever's cool. I'm passionate about it. I want to know from everybody, from the lowest level to the highest level. I take all of your feedback in. I don't watch a lot of videos. But I watch a lot of mannerisms and I see how people post and I see how people, I see thumbnails and I just get so inspired by people around me. You know, I may not say it a lot, but I trust me, I take inspiration from everywhere. Everyone, everything, I try to get, pull something out of it. I try to pull one positive thing. Even when I'm fighting and arguing with people, I can sit there and tell you they're good qualities. Because it's, it's important to recognize good along with bad. Even when I get angry, even when I'm like sitting there and I'm like fighting with somebody, which I don't, I try not to do a lot anymore because, you know, again, people don't understand me. My friends do, my real close friends do, but people don't understand me and I'm tired of just fighting just to have people be like, well, that's just cap arguing. You know, when it's like, no, asshole, I have a true message that I'm trying to get across to you guys, but you're so fucking stubborn and you just, you know, if it's not what you want to hear, automatically it makes me a negative person. It's like, just open your fucking mind. Jesus Christ. Anyway, this is really long. Uh, that's all I want to talk about. Go watch that interview. It's just fucking inspiring. I want to create like 30 things right now. Captain, I was out. Peace. Peace.